Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of Fantasy Fit Bar. My name's John and I don't know what day it is. It's that time of year where you're at the bottom of the celebrations box and there's just bounties and twixes left. But I am joined by Mr. Scobie. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good. And we're here together. We are. Here together. Socially distanced. Socially, <laughs> socially distanced, of course. As they say. Yeah, for the first time ever, we're recording it uh, in person together, here, not over Zoom, uh, enjoying it. Exactly. Thanks very much for tuning in, listeners. And we also have a very special guest tonight. Uh, it's my old man, uh, Jerry, and his team name is The Pacemakers, and he's got over 1,100 points at this point of the season, which is better than both Scobie and I. So, Jerry, thanks very much for coming on the pod. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. We're all sitting together in my garden shed. <laughs> Outside. Uh, yeah. so there's no risk of it's any nice and warm, at least. real breaches at all for COVID purposes. Sitting <laughs> in a shed in Scotland at the, middle, at the end of December. That's uh, it. I mean, that's what it's all about. That is. That is what it's all you about. You see, we don't love Scottish football then. This is the last pod of 2020 we it will is. do, Scobie. It is. You know, we've done, what, 20-odd pods? That's pretty 21, good. this is number 21. Number 21. I would add that I've listened to them all. Yes. <sighs> Take them off. I'm taking your advice all the way through. <laughs> number one fan, Jerry. and how have you found playing Fantasy Football Scotland this season? Well, I think it's been great. It's a, It's been a, an eye-opener for me to w- watch and follow all of the teams. I've watched so much more football this season because of the mm. uh, Fantasy Football Scotland pod and uh, just having that ability to then track the teams and track the players yep. is a great addition to the season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's what's been so great about it for me, Scobie, I don't know about you, but like, it's actually got me so much more interested again in Scottish football and totally. being a great promotion, promoter of the game. Yeah, I mean, you know very well, I'm a Hearts fan, so uh, I, I, I've said this probably a couple of times, but I wouldn't have been following it mm. had it not been for, um, you know, for, for fantasy in some ways, you know, so it's given me another another reason to, and I've probably got much more involved beyond just watching Hearts results here and there than, yeah. than I would have done, so it's, uh, yeah, no, it's been great, it's thanks, been great. Thanks to the app, guys. And Jerry, you're obviously very successful at Fantasy Football Scotland, you've got over <laughs> 1,100 points at this stage, which is more than Scobie and I, what are your top couple of tips that you'd have for any of our listeners looking to improve their game? I, I do a lot of tinkering. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I, I do subs in and out. I look at the next two to three weeks and see what's happening. And I quite often take a double hit, so I take a minus four points, mm-hmm. which I think is sometimes a bit silly, but then it seems to reap dividends and come back yeah. quite quickly. So that's kind of my strategy. But I got myself in a bit of a mess, so I had to wildcard my team out after the international fixtures. Yeah. And it's, it's again, it seems to have lifted from there. Very good, very good. That's there we good. go. Scooby, do you want to tell the listeners how we're going to do this week's pod? Um, well, we'll have a chat here, a bit of chat as we always do, get started. Uh, there's a lot of games to get through, we're not going to follow each of them. Um, so we're going to just cover off some of the top games in the uh, 23rd of December, if you can cast your minds back to before the turkey. Um, <laughs> and a few of the games that sort of what was happening there, and then obviously some of that Boxing Day feast, the leftovers. Um, and we'll, we'll cover a few of those games. Hopefully, we'll cover kind of all of the clubs um, within that section. Um, and obviously, looking forward to another, not a double game week, but you know, we're not going to do another pod until after um, the fixtures uh, tomorrow night now, and also on New Year's Day have been um, or or in the second. So I, uh, yeah, that's that's the way we're going to structure it. That's it. And we'll be back in twenty twenty one for a 
Rip Roaring Feast and more fantasy football pods. So, without further ado, Scobie, what game or team, shall I say, would you like to talk about first during this festive period? Oh, well, I think it's only fair to start with David Martindale's flying, I would like to call them flying foxes, as that's for her name, but um, start with Livingston. Um, who really have just come into their own in the last few weeks since he took over, really getting that new manager bounce. They were playing Hamilton on the 23rd. Uh, very quickly going through that, I mean, Livingston, just to put it out there, Mullen, Pittman, Forrest, all players that we like the look of at Livy. Um, it was Holt, who was recalled after uh, a few games out, um, who actually sets up the first goal. And who was it that knocked it in? John's favourite. Pod favourite, John Guthrie. First goal. Value. Value. What value? I mean, he's a fox in the box, isn't he, Guthrie? I think he scored six goals last season. That was his third goal of this season, and he's going to add it, add to it so much more. Massively, massively. The, on, the only issue with him now is that his value is rising. So he's now actually at 2.6 million. Listeners, I see that going to 2.7. And then you have to look at him with a different perspective, right? Because he's no longer that bargain bucket defender, is he, yeah. Scobie? Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, they, they, he isn't. But then do you also look at Livingston in a different light now? Mm. Okay, it's the new manager bounce, but how many goals have they conceded in the last four games? I think it is three. Wow. You know, two, it was it was two in the last one, that quite entertaining one, it was 3-2. And then it was, you know, none, obviously, in this game we're about to talk about in the 23rd, or we are talking about, and only one on 26. So, actually, as a value team, which I think we've all got to sort of spread out a little bit and look yeah. at play people in uh, the likes of Lewis, the likes of Samirin, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely looking at it. So Guthrie, 67 points, as you wow. say, 2.6 million, he's up. But, you know, Julian Serrano, 46 points, 2.4 million. Nicky Devlin, absolute stalwart, 48 points, 2.3 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really good numbers, you yeah. know, for someone at this stage of the season. So, um, yeah, really, really exciting. No, Martindale's completely changed it around there. As you say, what wins on the bounce? Jerry, have you used any Livingston players to your advantage? Or do you have any I had thoughts? Forrest in early doors. Um, I think Martindale's done exceptionally well. They also have, from his past as well, having come through the, the ranks of Livingston. And really, he's not been a player either. Mm. He was a local um, uh, bonus United player, I think. Oh, um, but a terrific, um, uh, a terrific start that he's had. I see it getting a bit difficult for him. He's now got Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know how to get a result at Livingston. Then he's got Hibs mm. before he gets uh, Ross County, which he'll get back into winning ways. And I'm not seeing a lot of goals coming from anywhere other than the back or midfield for Livingston. So yeah. I think they've got a little uh, difficult run coming up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You maybe keep them for now. You see what they can do against Aberdeen at home on the plastic pitch. Mm-hmm. Of know. course, Jerry and I were at the Tony Macaroni this time two years ago. <laughs> We actually took uh, my little cousin Jerry's nephew Xander to his first football match, uh, which was at 2 0 Aberdeen that day. 2 1. 2 1. 2 1. 2 1. There we go. Uh, well, back to the action. As I say, uh, John Guthrie gets the first for Livingston. Uh, Mullen looked great. Uh, Josh Mullen, we talked about him quite in depth a couple of weeks ago. Um, and what mm. a free kick for the second. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it a bit. Yeah, yeah. He's a He's an absolute worldie off those offset pieces, um, mm. which we've always talked about as value, but actually to be scoring them, I mean, yeah. it's just unbelievable. 2-0, fantastic win. If you've got a defender like Guthrie in the team, obviously you've got a goal and you've also got a clean sheet there. And Mullen just looks an absolute steal. He's still cheap. Um, so, yeah, really good to see. What I also love about Josh Mullen, Scobie, is he's 1.3% owned in the game. So a massive differential. And 
what I've been finding looking at leagues is they're all bunching up and there's not actually a lot of movement because people are getting similar points. So coming to that stage of the season where you're looking for guys that aren't owned very highly in a lot of teams and Josh Mullen ticks that box to a T. He does. Three million, definitely somebody to look at. Uh, and keep up with moving forward. Just to skip ahead, because we won't talk about this game later, but Livingston did obviously make it six wins um, in Ooh. six for Martindale. Uh, that's not uh, just in the league, obviously. I think it's four and four in the league. Uh, 2-1 against Livingston on Boxing Day. Uh, he's just done such a good job. Uh, that was Robinson and our man Jet, oh. um, Jean-Emmanuel Thomas. Oh, yeah. Um, with the goals there. So... Um, yeah, exactly. Livingston, one to watch, but maybe a tough run coming, as Jerry says. Next team we'll skip on to on the 23rd. Back to that action. Dundee United facing a very out-of-form Kilmarnock. Um, and that was a tough game, um, you know, by all intents and purposes at home. Kabamba was dropped. Uh, Burke, Kilty and Brophy leading the line for Kilmarnock. If you've hung on to Kilty like I have, you know, at least there was an opportunity there for him. Mm. Who opened the scoring for them? We've talked to him a lot. We were excited when he came in. Mark McNulty. Mm-hmm. Great, great finish as yeah. well. Takes one, beats a player. Bottom left corner. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely goal. You hope that gets his confidence up. Yeah. Because, you know, it's been a bit of a who knows what merry-go-round uh, at Dundee United. Nicky Clarkson's been the only one that's been scoring goals. So, yes, McNulty gets them off the mark. 1-0. And then who would make it to? <laughs> Shanklands. Exactly. First goal in a number of games. I don't know exactly how many, but uh, first goal in a number of games for Shankland. I think most of us had actually given up on him at this point, mm. um, which makes it to... Um, I thought United should have had a penalty as well at the end. Uh, they were pretty unlucky not to get that. Uh, word on Killy, that's seven out of the last eight games at that point. Scoreless. Uh, to skip ahead, obviously, we just talked about the, the Livingston game on the Boxing Day. Um, where they beat Kamarnik 2-1. They did score in that game, but I mean, it's seven out of nine scoreless. Yeah. And they still, I think, lost both the other games. Yeah, so yeah. Kamarnik are in dire straits, are they not? <laughs> dire straits indeed, Scobie. And Alex Dyer, I'd imagine, is going to get his jotters in the new year pretty quickly. I mean, we've talked about their ill-discipline as well. Five red cards on so many occasions. Uh, Kilmarnock, right, me, right now, for me, is a massive avoid. There's a lot of value locked up in for Kabamba for Kabamba owners because I'd imagine most people got on when he was about four million. I'd recommend selling him now because they're going to start to plummet yep. massively. Um, word on United, it's interesting now, isn't it? You got McNulty, Shankland up front. Obviously, Nicky Clark then scored in the most recent game. Where'd you go with those strikers? Is that is that somewhere you're looking, Jerry, on uh, on Dundee United players? I love Dundee United. I've got. Um... Uh, certainly got the up, up front. I like the firepower that they've got. Uh, Clark um, sitting in there. Shankland I've had in before and I got rid of him actually just after he scored. Uh, so they're, they're a good team and, and I really like the way they're playing as well. Yeah, I mean, they are. It's um, you, you know, skip ahead again. So many matches to cover, so we can't cover them all. But uh, on the Boxing Day fixture, 1 1, uh, Dundee United Motherwell, uh, what opened the score in there? And it was Nicky Clark off the bench. Um, who scored for them. Nicky Clark has just been a revelation. Yeah. Um, it is eight for him this time, I believe, um, which is which is which which just says it all at uh, his price. But, you know, Dundee United, very solid in the back. We love Seacrest. He was in our team of the season or so far. Um, solid defensive line. I've had Reynolds in for a while. 
but they've got players that can score. So mm-hmm. it's never going to be high. You never feel it's going to be high scoring with them, no. but they'll always be in the game. And I really think they'll always be in the game, even against the kind of top clubs. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Mellon's done a, an incredible job there too. He's another one that's candidate for manager of the season, I'd say. Um, so yes, Dundee United on a nice run. They should, you know, in a week that Jim McLean passed away, um, he would be absolutely proud of the way they're mm. flying in the league. Yeah, sitting fifth there, and and it's a, a throwback to his swashbuckling style. Yeah, that uh, the type of football they're playing. Yeah, attacking, going at it, scoring goals. Of course, Jay, you would have been at some games back in the day between Fergie and McLean, um, United and Aberdeen, the new firm. Classics. The year Aberdeen won the Cupners Cup, nineteen eighty three. Dundee United won the league. That, that That's how good Scottish football was then. Mm. And then after that, uh, United went on to European Cup semi-final in the famous match against Roma when there was an alleged primary of the um, referee. Yeah. They were robbed. <laughs> it's interesting, actually, it's just it, Dundee it? United, they've got Celtic away on the 30th and then they've got Aberdeen away on the 2nd. It's, it's a tough couple of fixtures. Um, I know we're saying, Scobie, that you know they can do well against anyone, but it is... Um, you don't fancy them to score too many goals in those games. Yeah, absolutely. But look, if you look at Celtic Rangers being on the horizon for anyone, it's a small league. You can only have six Celtic Rangers players. You're always going to need to have players from other teams. So I don't think we can ever get too carried away with, oh, well, they've got Celtic Rangers in the coming four or five weeks. Okay. Like It's always going to happen. Um, so you, I think Dundee United have shown that they're getting it done against good teams uh, like Hibs. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested to see them against Aberdeen in two weeks' time. Um, against the smaller teams, they've been dominant. So, um, yeah, exciting times as Dundee United fans. Final game we're going to pull out for the 23rd. Uh, I mean, it's just never ending with Rangers, isn't it? Uh, the juggernaut, as I um, have been ri- uh, ridiculed for, um, for uh, after I made that comment the other week. I mean, it continues to go on. We all thought they might stutter after the Ross County shock. Uh, knocking out of the cup, but they are still there. On the 23rd, they played St. Johnson away. St. Johnson have played good football this year, um, and it would have been one of the tougher challenges, and they just were clinical. 3-0. Roof bags uh, another for him. I thought Joe Aribo was fantastic. Just pulls the strings since he came back. Uh, I was saying this to you earlier, John, but I think we talked about Scott Arfield for a while and how well he was doing. I think that was really because, you know, obviously Aribo was out. I think now Rebo's back. He is the man in midfield that kind of makes it all happen for them. They'll do well when Jack gets back as well because I think, you know, he's certainly the one that shores up the back. And there was some stat going around about him and clean sheets, was there not? Yeah, there was. Scooby, you just chucked me on the spot. I'm not chucking you on the spot, yeah. But, I mean, Rebo was pulling the strings anyway. uh, An assist um, for the second goal. um, And... Then the third one, he created the third one, which eventually Hadji scored mm. off um, of a sort of so a here's, rebound. He, here's your Ryan Jack stat. Rangers haven't conceded a goal in the 13 Premiership matches that Ryan Jack has featured in this season. Yeah. And they've only kept one clean sheet in the five games he's missed. So he's essential to shoring up that back four, which is really important. I agree with you on Rebo. I think he's, I think he's a great player and I think he's... He's very direct in his approach. Like he, he plays excellent passes in the final third, and he's top quality in that final third, which is important to Rangers. Yeah. From fantasy football, I worry that he's the pass before the pass, pass before yeah. the assist, yeah. pass before the goal. So for me, the Rangers triple up that's now essential is Tav, Goldson, and Kimar Roof. 
Jerry, what are your thoughts on Rangers' assets? But that is the backbone of my team. <laughs> Tav Golson and Roof. I've got, I've got all three. In fact, I just took Roof in uh, three weeks ago before he scored his brace. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he is a, he's a terrific player. Um, I, I've watched a lot of football recently, and, and for me, he <laughs> is a standout forward in that Rangers team. Mm-hmm. And he's starting against ahead of of Itton, uh, and he's also. Uh, starting ahead of that other player as well that they've got up front that uh, is attracting a lot of interest from some people. Are you talking about the 20 million striker? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I don't know if you saw this, but he came on at the end and got an absolute freebie um, which was deflected to him um, from Clark and somehow misses it. And it just sums up Alfredo Morales' season. He's, I don't know what's gone wrong. I, I, I think it's actually, I'm probably having some competition. You know, you see him in the old firm game holding the play up, though. He's just he's that type of player yeah. that you'd want in that type of difficult match. Um, but but he's not as free scoring as Roof is, who's Martin. more of a, a danger in the box. Totally, totally. Um, I think Roof is a, is a buy. Arebo, the only thing I can say about him is he's four and a half million, John. So he's not like you're splashing out big money like you were on Kent. Kent's up to mm. 6.6 at the moment, mm. uh, which probably feels actually somewhat unjustified. Um, given he's not really done a huge amount recently. Yeah. So was four and a half million, he will chip in with assists. He was getting goals at the start of the season, so I, I, I've still got him and I'm I feel like I'm justifying that instead of Ruth, but um yeah, one to think about anyway. And I think that wraps us up for the twenty third. That's us done. End of part one. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. We are sat in the garden hut with Scobie and the old man. <laughs> I feel like should be the new home of Fantasy <laughs> Football. This the is shed. The, this is the HQ. This is the, yeah, this this is the towers. And we are raking the bucket uh, through the celebrations box. We are now on to the bounties, Scobie. Yep. But boy, we've got some bounties for you. Where are we starting on Boxing Day? I mean, I couldn't go around to the shed <laughs> and not talk about Aberdeen, but to diehard dons. So we are trying to talk about Aberdeen's match on Boxing Day with St. Johnston. Guys, I'll hand it on to you. Kick it off. What happened? Well, what happened in this game? What was interesting, I thought, you know, you try and take something away from Derek McInnes' lineup. He went two up front. He went Sam Cosgrove and Curtis Main up front. It's never really worked for those two up front. And I'll be honest, Scobie, it doesn't look like it's ever going to work for them. <laughs> you know, Curtis Main was was really poor in this game. He played on it a couple of weeks ago, but things were like knock off his shins and his heels and his balls and going out for throw-ins and free kicks and Johnson. He, he was poor. Cosgrove looked a bit more interested, but I mean, it was pretty turgid stuff from Aberdeen. And St. Johnson uh, deservedly went ahead. Um, through a free kick that was shocking marking from Cosgrove. Was it that, uh, Jay? It was at the back post, yeah. It was well taken. It, it, it beat Lewis in the bounce, and I thought Lewis could have done slightly better than he did. But mm. it was a really windy day. Oh, the conditions awful. were tough. The, the pitch was actually well to be dry, so the ball was bouncing mm. a lot. With a lot of wind, it's difficult to play football in those conditions. No, definitely. And you had to be a fan to admire yeah. it. You did. <laughs> it was yeah. Gordon that got the goal for versus Johnson. It was Gordon. I believe his first and only goal of the season. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call uh, that that. Liam Craig assists. Decent boy in as well. But yeah, Gordon, no interest in fantasy football perspective. Liam Craig, meh, whatever. 
And then actually Aberdeen suddenly sparked into life. Yep. They'd been awful uh, the five minutes before. Cosgrove had a really nice uh, couple of touches on the edge of the box and fired a strike in from 20 yards. Um, good save uh, from the Saints keeper at that point. And from that, Aberdeen then um, had a big penalty shout. Uh, with a, with a, was that a handball? I mind. But a big penalty shout. Anyway, ball comes back out, then played back it. in. And then there's a very dubious penalty given to Aberdeen at this point. Mm. Anyway, they get the decision. And what was huge at this point, and I think a monumental moment in fantasy football Scotland's season owners' minds, is that Lewis Ferguson was on the pitch, but Sam Cosgrove got given the ball and he slotted the penalty away. Yep. Uh, it, it's huge alarm bells for, for Lewis Ferguson owners. I it think. definitely is. And it, so Cosgrove, obviously, just to recap to last year and, and probably in the last two years, He's generally taking the penalties for you. Correct. And he's got a pretty good record. Mm. He's not missed a huge amount. No, 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 not at all. So, but but Ferguson's been the man with the with the penalties this season because Cosgrove's not been is, there. Is and that he's had a phenomenal record? So, uh, is that a case of wanting to give Cosgrove a bit of uh, morale? Mm. Uh, you know, give him a bit of an up? Or, or is I think it... McInnes makes a call to say that you are our penalty taker for the season. That's where Cosgrove was before yeah. he got injured. Um, and and Ferguson takes him does well, but he's still the man you'll pick for it. Yeah, interesting. And I and I think it is more beneficial. But I've, this is just my view of what penalty takers are. Whenever I play my own football, I always try and give the striker the penalty because it does build their confidence. Yeah. You know, Cosgrove has been dropped a few weeks ago at Killy. He's come on, scored a goal. You know, you give him this, he's now scored a penalty, and it just creates that confidence. And it's more important for Aberdeen, for Cosgrove to be confident scoring goals than Lewis Ferguson to be confident scoring goals because Lewis Ferguson is somebody that brilliant things around the park. Yeah. And scoring goals isn't his main uh, job on the pitch. Totally agree. I think Aberdeen's problem is where their creativity is going to come from. I think they've got the strikers, but it's feeding the strikers mm-hmm. is the issue. Um, and, and and until you see um, Scotty Wright coming back, I think that's going to remain an issue. Yeah, 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 I agree. And Scott Wright's due to be back sort of early Jan, listeners. So you know, one to look out for there. Definitely. And then I suppose the the, the big other big talking about this game is that Ash Taylor, also known as Ash Maldini, <laughs> uh, up at, the way he's been playing the last few games, uh, he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jay and I, you know, haven't been Ash Taylor's biggest fan during his t- two spells at Pataudry. You know, due to he's a big guy, he wins a lot of headers, but his play on the deck has been very poor. However, we have been admiring his passing's actually improved a lot uh, this season. It's yeah. something he's clearly worked on, and it was hotly tipped by the Fantasy Fitbar pod preview. It was. That Ash Taylor was going to score this game, <laughs> his first goal of the season. And Jay, I don't know, do you want to talk us through how the goal went in? Well, I, I actually um, transferred him in before the, <laughs> the Fantasy Football, my Fantasy Football team. <laughs> I took Taylor in and, and I just got that feeling that this was a man on form. I think that with McKenna leaving, he's really come out of his shell. Mm. Um, and, and, and he's got some great qualities, particularly off of set pieces. Yeah. yeah. And the ball dropped and it was a great finish in the bottom corner. Well, yeah. and that was a set piece. That's the point of it. And yeah. he's, he's there and he's ready to take it. And if it's not him, it's it's going to be um, Andy Considine. Those are our set piece specialists. Mm. McKenna's made a big point after the game to say it's another win. And we're chopping them up and we're up third in the table, which felt a little bit of a bite back at, you know, with the criticism that he's, mm. you know, un- probably unfairly and unjustly been under. Uh, you're positioning yourself, well, I think it's going to be heads and Aberdeen to the end of the season. It's going to be a tight run because Jack Ross certainly knows how to get three points where he needs to. Um, but yeah, that felt like a, a slightly pointed uh, comment. Yeah, it's been a difficult watch as an Aberdeen fan 
um, and, and losing the two cup matches uh, over the last, uh, covering them the last 10 games or so um, against St Mirren and Celtic, they were big blows and that's really the point he was making, that the league form is really what he's all about and he's delivering in that front. Definitely. Um, delivering, talking of, sad to say it, uh, moving on to Celtic, uh, since mm. the cup final, which we did go into some depth on last week, um, two games, two very easy games you would have looked at. Uh, Ross County on the 23rd, Hamilton on Boxing Day. The stats read this, two clean sheets, zero goals, obviously conceded, five goals scored, six points in the bag. Job done. So yeah. uh, if we if we, if we we talk about this one in particular, uh, and actually to both of them, Griffiths starting both of them, which as a Scotland fan, we love that. Fantastic. We do want to see Lee Griffiths getting some game time. We want to see him back in the plans, mm-hmm. back in the fold, a uh, bit of confidence under his yeah. belt. So huge to see. And two great goals he scored. I mean, that header he scored in the 23rd was just pure neck muscle, getting yeah. that so targeted well, and then a brilliant goal as well at uh, New Douglas Park on Boxing Day. Absolutely, you've stolen the words out of my mouth. Um, it took them a while to get going. They were better in the second half, certainly. Um, Edward gets the penalty from the spot. I don't know if that's another case of what we've just talked about with Cosgrove. Give the big man some penalties, give yeah. him some confidence, because obviously they're going to win them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he scores. And then again, Griffiths. Uh, Turnbull, though, is the one I kind of want to talk about, because mm. he was everywhere. He is turning into the kind of creative heartbeat of that team. Yeah. You almost see McGregor dropping back a bit now. No Brown playing. He's kind of controlling things in the middle. Turnbull's there. He's so creative. He's so dangerous. You see players backing off him every time he's got the ball, and he's, and he's getting assists. He obviously is getting goals too. He scored... There, um, I'm wondering, as a cheaper Celtic asset, is it time to get rid of Elianusi mm-hmm. and to bring in Turnbull? What are your thoughts? That's why Elianusi's not starting, is he? That's no. The, that's the big issue. Because um, I had Elianusi in and swapped him from Turnbull. Because uh, Turnbull, I think, is a great player. But it does surprise me because there are a lot of goals in Elianusi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of goals in Elianusi. This, yeah, David Turnbull. I mean, for me, I've got Elianusi in my team. I'm going to take him out, put Turnbull straight in. It was Gary McAllister's uh, birthday on Christmas Day, and uh, I like the comparisons that are being drawn between Gary McAllister and David Turnbull. Both started at Motherwell, uh, now at Celtic, and um, both in that sort of similar mould of ten that can add goals and um, and skill to games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's also. What happened was he started off for a Motherwell player and he made quite an expensive Motherwell player. His value completely dropped after he moved to Celtic because he wasn't playing. He's now 4.3 million, which Elliot Newsy, we already said, is a steal. For any Celtic player to be starting every game and be willing to score goals at 4.6 is very good. But 4.3 million, mm. where he's just involved in everything, um, you hope he doesn't become the pass for the pass. I think also the other thing is James Forrest is probably going to be back, I think, in the next few months I don't think it's you know they think before the end of January mm-hmm. that's what Lennon said anyway so and I, and I just for the record I don't think Forrest is ever a consideration at 8 million or whatever he is. I think that's just a ludicrous valuation um, from the game mm-hmm. but Turnbull you know I don't see Elliot Newsy coming back in apart from off the bench Turnbull's there he's getting goals assists it feels like a no-brainer doesn't it it's a no-brainer a no-brainer anyway it was uh, good win for them, as we have said. Uh, 3-0 against Hamilton. Hamilton in a world of pain at the moment. Again, a couple of tough games they've had. Um, they've had a lot of players out too. I think they had a bit of a COVID-related um, um, spree, did they not? And a few other injuries. Yeah, Callahan was the big one there that was out. 
due to COVID, and then yeah, I mean they're basically playing their second string. Yeah. Uh, a Celtic team that's starting to find a little bit of swagger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that kind of wraps us up. I think we've kind of covered all the games between those two. Sorry, I'm out talking absolute rubbish. Got one more game to go. St. Mirren. How could I have forgotten the buddies? Uh, after the run that they've been on, we were talking about them a lot last episode. Uh, just to recap, on the 23rd, they were playing Hibs 1-0, and it was a very tight game that. You know, Hibs got the job done fine. Um, but uh, and then they probably could could have scored more than one, but one nil they would be happy that Easter Road Ross County away massive game for St Mirren. You can always going to think this is a you know this is one of the games that are going to count at the end of the season. Two nil, two red cards in this match for Ross County. That's their fifth red card as a team um, on the season. That's quite an issue maybe for Yogi there. You know, I, I always thought that, you know, advisors as well. Yeah. That was his second, second that one. Yeah. Surprising though. So they're now level with Killy in terms of red cards, five each. He said actually John Hughes after the game was interesting. He was saying the guys are he's walked into a group of players that you know, you, you walk into a team that are bottom of the league, you think, right, there's gonna be so many issues with attitude, the problems of that. And he said they actually been first class. And if anything, they're trying too hard. Yeah. And maybe that's where the red cards come from. These guys are trying so much to impress, especially the January transfer window coming up, because there's going to be a lot of movement up in Dingwall, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. And that, that's just where it these these it, it, discipline issues come from. I, I do think there will be some sort of yogi bounce in January. I think so, and I think he's probably going to earn his salt from bringing in a few players on loan. It's probably going to be, let's be mm-hmm. honest, making a, the few moves he can yeah. under a restricted budget. Just try and reinforce that squad. He's got to get Ross Stewart scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Ross Stewart proved against Celtic that he can be it can be a nightmare, you know, for 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 teams, um, you know, that that, that are playing them at times. So mm-hmm. he's got to continue. We know he likes the target man, as you said. Mm-hmm. So he's got to get the best out of him. So uh, that'll be one to watch. We'll be in January, and we'll obviously keep the listeners up to date on moves. But really looking at what the price points these guys that come in for Ross County are at. And the players that they bring in, you know, we've got some new shiny toys coming in in January yeah. and we can't wait to, to test drive them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just, just a point on that. So back to winning May's okay, but their goals were through Fraser and Dennis. Not either of those players, I would say, are a fancy football consideration. It's not Obika, and I've got Obika sitting there for me. He's already increased by 0.4 million since I brought him in in terms of value. So you oh. can say he's doing a job for me from a transfer value point of view, but he's not scoring... Goals really is a one in that time I've had him there. Um, so goals are coming from everywhere. It's just hard to pinpoint, you know, who's that consistent point gainer apart from maybe McGrath and Mika. I don't know what you think, Joe. Well, I think Jim Goodwin is a great manager. He's really got that team singing. Yeah. Um, and, and they're probably the team of the season so far. Yeah. They've done so well. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they've got a tough tough run coming up. They've got Rangers next. Um, but that was a great result for them at Ross County. Yeah, exactly. And really cements Ross County at the bottom of the league. Definitely. And that's their issue. Definitely. I think that kind of covers it off, to be fair. Yeah. Part two in the can. Welcome back to part three of <laughs> this uh, this fit, fantasy football pod episode. It's the days where we don't know what the days are. Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Is it Sunday? I've no idea, man. What I do know is that it's going to be 
any questions from Twitter are going to be answered. I'm joined by Scobie. I'm joined by my old man, Jerry. Thank you for getting in touch, listeners. We're going to go to Donny Robertson's question first. And Jerry, I'm going to give you this one. Listeners, as you know, we don't script this. Jerry thought, coming on the pod, he's like, John, will you feed me the questions before so I can plan them? No, of course I won't. Scobie <laughs> <laughs> going to be laughing nervously over there because I haven't fed him the questions either. <laughs> Jerry, this is Donny Robertson. He's got in touch saying, is it time to take the cap- captaincy off Tav? And if so, who gets it? T- Tav has been my captain uh, for the last eight to ten weeks in Fantasy Football Scotland. He's, he's such a consistent returner um, of points that I would not take the captaincy off him. Certainly not for the next game with the buddies coming up. Um, but I might then think about it after that, where they've got um, Celtic and then Aberdeen, I think, is the next game after that. So I always look ahead. So I wouldn't change it now, uh, but I might change it beyond that. Who would I change him for? That's a big call. You probably want to go for a team that's going to have clean sheets and somebody at the back. Uh, my man of the, the last few weeks has been Ash Taylor, and I'd probably go, go there because you've either got a clean sheet or a goal coming out of him. Interesting. Well, God, I went, uh, just, a, just a chirp in there, I went with um, Frimpong actually last week because mm. I think for me, you know, there's clean sheets to be had there. We kind of almost, well, we kind of expected there to be a clean sheet against either uh, Kenny or Hamilton. Um did get that, but I actually end up getting no more points because Tab also got the clean sheet. You know, so you look a bit for for Frimpong to create a bit more. I do think it's hard to argue for anyone but Tab because he adds so many goals and assists in his game. Yeah. Um, you know, you might get sucked into a trap to being you know, trying to be too clever, but yeah, I went Frimpong if that was of any interest. Yeah, I think it's a very good question. You know, Tavernier hasn't scored in three weeks, which going for any normal right back is no issue, right? But because it's Tavernier who's had such an exceptional season. We're suddenly questioning this. My one big point is that he's still on penalties for Rangers and Rangers will get more penalties this season. So until he gives us reason to not captain him, I would still hashtag always Captain Tav. Next question. Brendan Wilhide has got in touch. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Brendan. Brendan. From uh, Scooby Night Fantasy Football Towers. Scooby, you'll take the first answer on yep. uh, Brendan's questions. And his question is regarding Celtic's new young goalkeeper, Connor Hazard. He's kept three clean sheets in three matches so far. He cost £2.3 million. Is he someone we should be considering from a fantasy football Scotland perspective? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think because you've got two keepers there and I think everybody who knows what they're doing with this game is at least trying to uh, find value in goalkeepers. You're going to have a couple of keepers probably under two and a half million if you can. And the fact that Hazard's playing is good. I mean, the run gets a little worse now. Dundee United Rangers, Hibs next three games is difficult, but uh, they've also got Livingston a couple of times and Hamilton after that. So I feel like at that um, price, yes, as long as you're offsetting him with another keeper, a Seagrist, if you've had him already, or, you know, another 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 goalie like that, uh, Xander Clark even, that, that you might be able to rotate in depending on the fixtures. Jerry, thoughts on Connor Hazard, thoughts on goalkeepers in general? Uh, yeah, I think Scobie's covered the points pretty well. Um, I, I do like uh, Xander Clark, St. Johnson. I think he's good, good, a good clean sheet fodder when the, the, the game is right for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the old firm keepers is probably somebody else 
that you want in your hip pocket, providing they're under that two and a half mil mark. It does take a Celtic player off you outfield, though, which is another thing to you know you know mm -hmm. if you're going to have a couple of Celtic midfielders and a defender, you, you're sacrificing mm -hmm. it in there. So um, only if you can justify it. Yeah. No, I think, you know, in general, Celtic players, I think, are slightly overpriced in this game, other than, you know, the sort of Turnbulls and LA News season as well that we've discussed. So I think Hazard's a serious consideration. Um, one to watch, certainly. And finally this week from the Twittersphere, La Bitacora del FPL has got in touch. And he's asked if it's worth buying players from Livy ahead of their double game week. Just to let uh, Jerry and Scobie and the listeners know, if you didn't already, Livingston and Celtic have a double game week coming up um, in the middle of January. It's game week 24. Uh, interestingly enough, their double game week is against each other in both games. What do you guys make of that? Uh, take it first off, as you will, guys. I, I tell you, that is absolutely fascinating. I don't know if I'd be piling in. I've got difficulty <laughs> of looking beyond the likes of Guthrie, who we've talked about earlier on, is being valued at Livy because they spread their goals through mm. the squad. I think Forrest mm. maybe got mm. some return in there. Uh, Pittman maybe. Yeah. Um, but up front they're a bit short since they lost uh, Lyndon Dykes. So um, I'd, I'd have a challenge picking out who to take from that Livingston team. And I think actually, if anything, they're overperforming currently mm. relative to where their budget is overall. Yeah. So I can only see things getting a bit more challenging for them. Yeah. And I, I'd see Celtic taking those games. I agree, yeah. Jerry. I think, I think especially Celtic getting to play them twice, they'll figure them out. And, um, you know, I think Martindale will come crashing back down to earth at some point, And that's oh. through no fault of his own. Um, but yes, I, I would say, but I would say definitely think about a player like Mullen or Guthrie being there, being in your squad, mm -hmm. um, you know, for, for future weeks. But um, yeah, for me, it would just be focusing on those Celtic assets. Another reason not to go with Hazard. Yeah, yeah. That is a, it's a massive flag. Is more the Celtic double game week for me there. Yeah. And getting your Turnbulls, Ellie Nussies, your Griffiths and your Edwards in. Okay, thanks for getting in touch, listeners, at this time of year. Scobie, do you want to run through the Fantasy Fitball Pod League? I will be very quick with this one. Um, there are two weeks to cover. So in the game week 19, let me just get them up, put me on the spot. Uh, with 84 points, the Moray Buccaneers, Ian Watt. Well done, 84 points, by far and a long way the highest scoring. In a very high scoring week, he was the only one that managed to hit 80. Well done, Ian. Game That's, week 20. Would be called Murray, just for Murray, reference. Murray, yeah. <laughs> I'm not from up north, so. Well, I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian Finlay, Queen's 11, 72 points He's last week. Point. Very, very good points. That is massively ahead of everyone else. He had a great week, uh, but sitting at the top of the table. At the turn of the year, Winnie, lose or draw, Andrea Koppel, who I think we have a stat on. Yes, we do, Scobie. So it's actually FPL Kneejerk got in touch with us on Twitter. And Andre uh, Andrea, whose team name is Winnie, lose or draw, is actually FPL Kneejerk's wife. And she started a week late. Top of our league by 12 points. Fantastic. How many points she got? 1,157. Wow, that's impressive. Very, very good. Well done. Thank you, everyone, though, for contributing this year, for being part of the league, for listening, all of that stuff. It's been an absolute pleasure to do it, and we look forward to continuing this in 2021. John, any final words? No, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you guys. We've loved every step of the way. Fantasy Football Scotland, thank you for creating such a brilliant game 
And I feel like this is only going to go from strength to strength in the new year. My last word is just to thank my old man for coming on the pod. Thank you, Jerry. Welcome to my man shed. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, guys. Speak to you then. <laughs>